Welcome to the Ancient Paths Podcast, a journey of unlearning to learn the New Testament church, where we look at what we've learned or experienced and hold it up to the light of Scripture and the stories of the New Testament and early church, then discover together how we can return to those ancient paths so the church would thrive and live again. I'm Daniel Sabo, and I'm honored to be your host. And with me today, I have Andrew McManigan. Thanks, Andrew, for being here. Yeah. And, you know, this again is a follow-up of our uh, last week's episode of kind of talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And this, again, is an extension of, you know, we had David Bursow, the author, you know, theologian, just great Christian guy, uh, sharing about the early church, things that he had found, and how the Sermon on the Mount was really central to a lot of those conversations and writings. And so last week we went through just chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, mm -hmm. talking a little bit, pulling some different things out. Um, but this week, talking about, okay, what what was some of how the early church guys looked at uh, the Sermon on the Mount, who you know who wrote about it, and, and there's so much to go into. Really, part of what I want to do is just give people some direction of, hey, if you're interested, these are some of the guys who wrote about it, and you can kind of follow that down. Um, but then also to talk about how do we... How do we practically see this? How do we, you know, spiritually, how do, how do we walk into the reality of what the Sermon on the Mount speaks to, and, and how do we live that? How do we encourage others in that too? So uh, again, uh, last week we talked about Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Kind of a, a, a very brief recap of it is we are, we are brought into a different kind of kingdom, a different kind of culture when we're a part of His family. And that which is valued or blessed, blessed are you, mm -hmm. is different than, than the things who would say, oh, you're blessed because of this. The kingdom of God says you're blessed because of this. And yeah. so in there, and then also, you know, beyond that, that it's not just um, your outward do's and don'ts. Um, it's, you know, deeper, not just did you, did you murder, but, you know, was there hate in your heart and kind of going into some of those things. And so beyond just that which is easily observed, internal, what's going on, and then beyond that as well, what's your motivation for even doing? And if I if I am uh, generous to someone else because I want to be seen as generous, you know, that there's, uh, th that matters too, the motivation of what's there. And then again, not being someone who's trying to serve the kingdom of God and be wrapped up in this world, because all that's going to do is produce anxiety in us, which, you know, obviously isn't helpful. Uh, so it talks about all of that for us and then our interactions with each other, you know, that we're not in a place of judging. We're talked about the logs versus the spec. And so just a lot of great stuff. And, and again, when we live this way, you're going to be different. It's okay. Don't yeah. try to not be different or else it uh, defeats the whole purpose of, yeah. of you being uh, a different kind of voice in the land that you're in. And don't be discouraged if you yeah. meet resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. So uh, one of the guys that I would encourage people to um, to kind of follow down, to chase down uh, a little bit of his writing is Clement of Alexandria. I think maybe we've talked about him a little bit. Um, so he's, you know, late 100s, early 200s, um, you know, down uh, Egypt area. Uh, a lot of good writing, but the the book that, uh, that he wrote, Stromata, S-T-R-O-M-A-T-A, um, I wanted to 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 read a a quote from from his book there because I feel like this is such a big um, a big emphasis of those guys, and so you can kind of hear how they speak to it. But the Lord and His teaching, this is the quote from the Stromata. But the Lord and His teaching does not merely command to abstain from evil deeds, 
but he enjoins also to abstain from evil thoughts and words mm-hmm. and desires and disposition. And this is the characteristic of the one who has been purified in heart when he has the same disposition as the Lord, so that neither so that he neither thinks evil nor desires evil. For it is not enough to abstain from wickedness unless one also abstains from the thought of wickedness. For the thought is the beginning of action, which we talked a little bit about this last time. And the disposition is the beginning of the thought. And therefore the Lord in his teaching says, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And again, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever hath uh, hated, hateth his brother is a murderer, for he teaches that not only the act of the murder is wicked, but also the disposition of the anger, and not only the act of adultery is wicked, but also the disposition of lust. And so that's from the Stramata, book 2, chapter 20. Um, pretty powerful words, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... How would you describe... So, like, how? what is a disposition of those things look like? Yeah. Yeah, that I feel like that's one of the strongest parts from that quote. Um, For it is not enough to abstain from wickedness unless one also abstains from the thought of wickedness. So the the act of wickedness, the thought of wickedness. For the thought is the beginning of the action. I'm thinking it, therefore I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the disposition is the beginning of the thought. So where where I'm inclined to, where, you know, what's going on underneath. So like we talked about before, the, not just the obvious act of murder, but hate is kind of beneath the surface. The, you know, in my head, I could be sitting next to you and I'm not punching you, but in my head, like I'm imagining you getting hit by a truck and that somehow like creates this joy in me knowing that I can't do it. But the idea of thinking of something bad happening to you makes me feel better that that didn't come from nowhere. Right. There's a disposition in my heart yeah. against you that produced a thought. So the disposition, the nature, the the inclination in me towards you, that's the birthplace of my thought, and and then my thought is the birthplace of my action. And mm-hmm. so that the uh, the again the beginning. But the Lord in His teaching does not merely command to abstain from evil deeds, but He enjoins us also to abstain from evil thoughts and words and desires, disposition. Uh, and then really the, the power of the cross. And this is the characteristic of the one who has been purified in heart. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what all of this comes back to is it's it's easy for us as people, it seems, and you know I think as the church we've done this, certainly as a Christian I've done this, where we go to, I don't do these things and I do these things. Yeah. And that's my aim. That's my goal. And so almost always the fuel behind that is try. I want to try to not do these things. And um, and I think sometimes as as the church, we've taught this, and certainly I think many of us have believed this, that you can't do anything about your thoughts. They're always going to be terrible. But just don't do it. Right. You know, I've, I've heard people give this advice. It, it drives me crazy. Hey, you know, don't cheat on your wife, but you know, doesn't do anything to look, doesn't do any, doesn't, doesn't do any harm. Just a, what a lie. Yeah. You know, what a lie. And, Straight from hell. Right. From hell. So, but I think that we have, 
when we believe that's as good as it gets, that's as yeah. different as I get, and then our experiences, that's as good as it gets. I think what the church and what Christians and and unfortunately what some you know teachers of the Bible would say that is as good as it gets. That that you're always going to have this inward thing, this inward thought, you know, that's negative. But you know what? If you if you try hard enough, if you work hard enough, then at least you won't do the bad stuff as often as maybe you would otherwise. And that's the the version mm. of victory. But the Sermon on the Mount, and again, you know, Clement of Alexandria. This is a guy who's you know, knows people who yeah. follow Jesus. He's saying the Sermon on the Mount is telling us that yes, the actions have to change, but but before the actions, you have to get the heart of the actions, which is the thoughts. And so he's already gone beyond what I think many Christians believe today, which again is exactly what the Sermon on the Mount talks about. And again, this is Jesus' teaching, his initial foundational teaching. Then he goes, but beyond that too, the the seedbed, the the disposition of where you began mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And I think you referenced this in our last talk of no longer is it an external stone tablet of rules that you're trying to follow. Yes. This is a new heart, a yeah. new mind. And I think that, you know, the disposition language, it kind of falls under underneath that same uh that same, you know, category or or, or topic, if that yeah. makes sense. Yes. I have so much happening in my heart right now. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Go ahead, share anything that's just just quickly, yeah. And Romans eight, like, cause a big I feel like hinge verse in the the Beatitudes or the the Sermon on the Mount is when Jesus he says that um he didn't come to abolish the law, but but he fulfilled it. Yeah. And um and there's so much in that statement. But Romans eight, um there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ for the law of the spirit of life in Christ um, has set you free from the law of sin and death for the law, for what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So that disposition is actually that Adam nature, right. the old nature, and those those thoughts are flowing from that old man. But in Christ, what the law couldn't do, weak as it was in the flesh, Christ did by fulfilling it in me. Right. And so now from that new nature, from that new creation I've become, that's why scriptures over and over it talks about, you know, don't be conformed, yeah. but be renewed, transformed, be transformed yeah. even in your mind. Or like, you know, if, you, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking those yeah. things which are above where Christ is. Like, don't set your mind on things below. Yeah. And it's like, I've actually really been pondering this um, even before this conversation, but like, um, like even just, and there's so much life in, and I feel like counseling that really flows from like Christ and his word. And, but I think, um, so much even in the counseling and psychology outside of Christ, like they're tapping on a truth of, of the the renewing of the mind, but like God is wanting to be the source of that mind renewal, but there's so much power, um, in our thoughts and, you know, um, taking every thought captive, yeah. putting it in submission to Christ, yeah. you know, destroying every stronghold, every lofty thing, exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And it's like, I don't know. There's so much here, but it's like it, it's 
but it tells again of a different kingdom mm -hmm. not sourced by us but we have a king and that king is actually reigning on the inside of me yeah and in first corinthians it talks about how i've actually been given the mind of christ <laughs> right so it's not even it's like it's just amazing i have a new nature in the likeness of christ i have a new mind which is christ's mind i have an uh, a born again spirit and as his spirit takes ownership and possession of my whole being you know if i'm sanctified body soul and spirit like i can walk on that narrow path sourced filled and like i don't know there's so much there man right. but like anyway yeah and, and i I, oh, I just think one of the one of the things that i i pray this conversation helps to free people from that would destroy this perspective because again i think so much of what people in the church are hearing or 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 believing is try mm. try really hard right. and and try not to do the bad things and sure you know beneath the surface you're 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 the worst but try not to act like you're the worst mm -hmm. you can't cuz even even the take every thought captive that's not in your own strength. It's right. in submission to Christ. It's yeah. let uh, your mind be submitted to Him. Let your let your life come underneath, yeah. you know, Him and His way. But disposition, you can't try your way. Right. There's 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 no way to even get to that realm of your life right. through effort. Right. And and I think that in some ways, when you start talking about my disposition is different, that the the what flows from within me. You know, to to borrow from you know Jesus's language with the Samaritan woman, that a living well flowing up from inside of you. That that's that's yeah. my disposition. That's what's coming up from within me. Um, that's that you can't try that into existence, right? And I think in some ways, when when people get to that level, it's like, well, I'll see that in heaven. Yeah, I'll see that. I'll see that on the other side. It's not what the Bible teaches. But it's not what the Bible teaches. It's and again, this is the foundational message from Jesus. Yeah baptized tempted in the desert you know fast yeah you know in the desert brings in some disciples begins to preach the gospel of the kingdom mm -hmm. he's doing miracles and then he's got a crowd and he goes okay here yeah blessed these things are blessed in my kingdom yeah this is how you you're paying attention to this outward stuff no it's more than that yeah you thought it was hard it's harder than you thought yeah but no not just not just these obvious we can all agree on wrong things but way down here these these all that's wrong too and then even if you do it right mm -hmm. but from the wrong purpose Place, motive still wrong yeah how do i i think of the have you come to the end of yourself yeah and i feel like one of the things for me that i'm learning to do is rather than tempering scripture tempering the gospel to make it palatable or consumable or achievable for me I need I need the gospel to push so far beyond, which it does, what I can do mm -hmm. so that I stop trying to do. Because if if my very disposition is the thing that is the seedbed for my thoughts, and I need my thoughts to be right, mm -hmm. I need that to change. Right. So what does the word of God say about that changing? Well, I mean, you you spoke to it, we read about it, that it's yeah. new heart, new mind, that you the righteousness of Christ that you know you you died with him mm -hmm. you know on that cross you died in him and therefore now you live yes and and he lives in you you know you it's so easy to say 
to wrap your heart and your head around. It's it's like an like a eternal ocean. I remember as a kid sitting in church one day, and the pastor was talking about eternity, and I felt like I fell off a cliff in my mind trying to think about eternity mm-hmm. in that just as a little kid listening. Because I was like, okay, a hundred years, a thousand years, five thousand, ten, a million, and it, like something happened where the scope of how how big just time was right. messed with me. And I feel like when I stare at these things, it's the same thing. Of it's so far beyond, you know. Here's some tools of ways that your outward behavior will be less offensive mm-hmm. than it's been. Versus, let's get to the heart of right. this. And this is not. New age. This is not, you no. know, Daniel's coming up with a new American gospel. Clement of Alexandria, he's preaching to people right. who some of them heard Jesus or their parents or their grandparents yes. heard Jesus. This is right afterwards. Some of the disciples, you know, just recently are, you know, dying. They died in his lifetime. You know, he's speaking the same thing too. And this is not some fly by night. You know, this is a guy over a region trusted as, as a leader in that area. Yeah. This is what we've, I think we've gotten away from in so many ways, um, what, what we've lost over time in the church when, when it became about behavior modification, behavior, um, I don't know what, what the word for it is, behavior management, sin, right. sin management, rather than uh, miraculous renewal. Yes. And, and again, I keep coming back to the passage, chapter 4, Matthew 4, leading into 5, that all the miracles and everything, but before that, he preached to them the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. And that, again, it's a different kind of kingdom, a different kind of blessed are. Um, yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah. Challenging, but what an invitation. <laughs> and how, like, just the thought that just filled my heart, just not like how how important it is, like, like the King of Glory. Like this was his me- this was his message. Like this is what filled his heart. This is what he wanted to preach about. Like I don't know that that's just hitting me right now. Right. Like the the King of Glory, Lord of Heaven and Earth. Like the culmination of him coming as a a baby and what he knew he was stepping into. It's like this was what was in his heart. This was what was feeling. That's just wild. Yeah. Like what what happens on the inside is really important to him. Yeah. And it reminds me of something. We had a friend in town um, yesterday and, and he said like 95% of like the Christian life is the heart. Yeah. And like the 5% is like gifting or whatever else. But yeah. like 95% of Christian leadership, Christian living, like life is like the heart and how we steward it. Mm. And I was just like, but this this is the message. Yeah. Yeah. And what one of the things that challenges me in this too is that it would be so easy to teach this at the end of the New Testament. Mm. That after you've gotten this, the cross is done, the Holy Spirit has come, the church is birthed, mm-hmm. Pentecost has taken place, gifts, spiritual gifts are at work. And then, okay, now right. beyond trying. This is the first thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it flips so many different ways our perspective of, or at least my perspective of like working your way into, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flowing from because you're different. Right. 
you're you're from a different kingdom. When you see how you respond in a situation, you know, I know there's moments for me in my life where I've I've responded in a, in a moment, I've responded in a conversation where someone has said to me later, like, you look really weak right there. Hmm. You looked really uh you know, you looked really foolish there. That if if you wanted to appear strong, if you wanted to appear um whatever, then you should have done this. And in those moments, you feel that, like you feel, you're right, I should have gotten, you know, this mm. word in, or I could have said this, you know, and even, you know, the times that you go later in dialogue, you know, what the, what the better version of you would have said, you know, and, mm. and, and it's like when, when I see that in myself or when, or when someone else says that to me, or I speak that to someone else, God forbid, I, I am acknowledging that I don't understand that his kingdom is different. Mm. And that what seems, you know, again, he says that in, was it chapter five or six? This is what the Gentiles do. Right. They stare at this stuff and they, the people apart from God, the people who are the not Jesus people, mm-hmm. they, they stare at the, the wealth of the world, the opinion of the world, the status of the world, and they're filled with anxiety. And isn't that true today? I mean, how many people do you meet? You know, I feel like anxiety is one of the, the most common reasons for a person to come to a church. Mm. You know, I'm trying to live my life, but my marriage, my kids, my life, my feelings, my, no matter what I do, I'm just covered in anxiety. And I just thought, I'll try church, see if that helps. Yeah. And, and again, my prayer is that those people would find, you know, the truth of the gospel, that anxiety would be gone. And, and, and that as they see this different kingdom, as they're brought into this different kingdom, there's no need for it. And as awful as that is, how much worse would it be for a Christian to be stuck in that, that same thing, that same perspective when, when I'm staring at the, the worries of the world and letting that, I don't know, I, I just feel like so many times the, the draw of what, what is proclaimed constantly of what matters, what's important. It sounds good. It sounds true. It sounds, but I, I keep coming back to the, you're the light, you're the salt. You have a purpose and it, it is, it is to change that which was already there. It is to bring light to a place where there was no light. And if, if you try to change it in a way where no one can notice, then what's the point of you even being there? I'm a lamp, but I'm under a basket because I don't mm. want to cause problems. I'm salt, but I got rid of all value that salt has so that no one feels, you know, pressed by this, yeah. uh, this different that's in me. And I feel like the, how those things are connected, if I don't actually believe that my disposition can be different, which then causes my thoughts to be different, yeah. which then causes my actions to be different, then then all I want to do in this world is hide. And, and I think so many Christians that that's kind of where they're at is I haven't experienced the power of the gospel of the kingdom in my own life. Mm. I mean, I talk to people all the time who say, yeah, I want to share my faith with someone, but I'm terrified they're going to ask me a question I don't know the answer to. And even that perspective or I, you know, that they're, they're staring at, at the wrong things. And if we can start from this perspective of, you know, like he, you know, Clement says here, um, 
it's not enough to just not do. It's not enough to just not think. It's to allow him to actually change yeah. and to, you know, to believe that this is what is ours as a result of it is powerful. Um, a couple other yeah, just places to, to send people uh, just in reading. So Origen, uh, he writes about this too. He has um, uh, some commentaries that he does, and he does one on Matthew where he talks a lot about, um, you know, in his commentary on Matthew about the the... Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and again, a lot of the um, his his focus is the ethical reality of all of what's included in this, and how that should be so obviously evident in in a Christian's life. Mm. Um, Tertullian actually, uh, in his writing, um, he he wrote something. It's it's called On Prayer, and so he discusses the Lord's Prayer and and kind of how it ties into the Sermon on the Mount around it. Uh, one guy that I haven't read a ton of his stuff. Um, uh, his name is Hippolytus, um, uh, Hippolytus of Rome. So he was around the same time as, as these guys too. Um, he wrote a commentary in the gospel of Matthew too. And so he dis- he discusses in his commentary on Matthew, uh, a lot on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, and, and really his focus is on the Beatitudes and then the prayer and fasting piece. Wow. He really pulls a lot of good stuff out of those. And so just encourage people to Go look at some of their stuff. I, I mean, Can you read I, through it again. Just the, yeah. the authors and what. Yeah. So Origen uh, on his commentary for the Gospel of Matthew, Tertullian on prayer is the name of the. And again, most of these you can just Google. It'll yeah. be easy to find. Hippolytus. So that's H I P P O L Y T U S. So kind of an uncommon today name, um, but his commentary on the on the Gospel of Matthew. Um, he also talks about that's the one who kind of focuses on the Beatitudes and the fasting and prayer. Um, but these guys stared a lot at yeah. the Sermon on the Mount. It was very central too. It was, it was. Y- you'll see as they speak about it. It's kind of a, well, of course this. Right. What should your life look like? Hey, you just gave your heart to Jesus. Let's start here. Look at look at the Sermon on the Mount. So, it's these really are the good. things that are blessed. You know, you're going to be different, and you have to understand too, culturally. You know, during this time, the fifty hundred years before, fifty hundred years afterwards, and other times too. But socially, you were losing most of your connection to your world by choosing Christ. Yeah, because entertainment, um, feasts, it, a lot of it was tied to either unethical things or false gods. And so, I feel so different. I feel like an outcast. I feel like I'm so separate from the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But you're salt. Yeah, you're not a problem. You're you're flavor. You're 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 persevering. That which is good. Wow. It just feels like I stick out. Yeah, you're light. You're light. And that's so good. don't cover up that light. It, you're supposed to be. And but don't worry. Your actions are going to be different because your thoughts are different. Yeah. And how your thoughts are different is because your very disposition is different. Yeah. Because look at the gospel of the kingdom. Look what Jesus has done. And and that was the introduction. That's so. That good. was their. That was their new believers course, you know, to to bring people into. Mm. And that's uh I, I I think we need a re reemergence to a, a yeah. reintroduction to a reprioritizing the value of this truth in our and in, in the church today, in our church, in my life today. Um it's like so much power here. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with like the invite Jesus into your heart prayer, but it's like like this is like this is a new life. Yeah. And it's like, we say that and, and I, we preach that, but it's, I don't know. I just love that. It's like, 
how that was like the first thing yeah. that people were invited to. Anyway, and, and what what sense does that make? Jesus began his ministry. Here's what he taught on. Yeah. You're beginning your life with Jesus. Let's start here. Right. You know, it just makes makes good sense. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, this has been awesome, man. Just really appreciate the conversation. Appreciate the opportunity to go through these. Um, yeah, again, earlier I read out of the Stromata by Clement of Alexander, another good place to go check out too. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Excited to uh, just walk this more in my own life, see this more in my own life. But thanks for being a part of the conversation, man. It's yeah, been awesome you. to have you. And uh, please, yeah, take time to send us comments, questions, anything you have. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, share anything that you that you that you enjoy with others, so that others can check it out too. But thanks for listening. God bless you, and hope to see you next time. I'm not searching for some new truth. I'm just longing for the truth. You can't help but notice there's something missing. Would you help us get honest? Would you help?